What now? Let me tell you what now. I'ma call a couple of hard pipe hit to go to work on the homes here with a pair of pliers and a blowtorch. You hear me talking, hillbilly boy? I ain't through with you by goddamn sight. I'ma get medieval on your ass. This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by Petco. All right, everyone, welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neil, and uh, along, um, along with me, I'm always joined with uh, Chris and Solbro. Guys, say hello. Yo. Yo. And uh, this is episode 79, or if we were um, being, if this, was a, if this was a show done by Tamino, it would be 0079. So... <laughs> Maybe. Nicely, nicely said. It'd be the, it'd be the, be the, the, the one-year war of podcasting right here, us against the trolls. You know, the, the Gundamonites against the, uh, the trolls. We'll be the federation that will win because the trolls are just goofy and they'll do things like the Zaccarello or the, the Trollarello. Um, horrible, horrible. Um, but anything before we I'm, get I'm picturing my now in my head uh, a Zaccarello with, with troll face pasted on it. <laughs> <laughs> that was scary, huh? One of these days, I'll get you, Gundam. You always make fun of me. The troll of the week. <laughs> With this powerful new trollerello, I will surely defeat the Gundamians. The Gundamians. But um, before we <laughs> before we begin, and this is going to be a special one-topic episode. Uh, and it's going to be something that we haven't talked about in a long, long time. And um, just something, one of the kind of loose ends that we have to finish up. And we're going to be doing the second Gaiden series for Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Spirant Labyrinth, the, um, and the, the accompanying, the Duelist, Third Battle Tiamat, the Retriever, and the Mutineer. And we'll also be doing the two movies, uh, Golden Wings, and the last movie, which was Overture to a New War. So we'll be discussing that. Um, there is there is some soul bro interaction in this one, unlike the other ones. Where oh. he just, he just, he just he was like one of those little dog things at the back of people's uh, cars, and they just go up and down. But nice. um, he, he does have some reference points in this one. So, um, but before I go into the news, any anything with you guys before we? Uh, that's pertinent information. Um, at the moment, not not nothing for me. So, or uh, Chris, good. Um, subscribe to Chaos Theater on iTunes, please. Subscribe to Chaos Theater on iTunes. Yes, yes indeed. And leave and leave leave your reviews there too. And um, let them know let them know how they're doing. Or just download and don't listen to it. Or listen to the parts that they want to listen to. Right, Chris. <laughs> or or if you're that guy on on uh, on Blogspot, uh, just keep trolling about uh, how how you have really bad audio and and you hear everything wrong and everything's loud or quiet because you know it's clearly my fault and not your bad equipment or your bad hearing. 
Hey, there, there, there's something called Best Buy. They usually have them in every town. You might want to go visit them one day and get get a computer that's of this millennia. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's this thing. There's this little thing in tech support called user error. So you know that too. Think, think about that, buddy. I know you're listening. So <laughs> that's that's for you. Another 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 shout out to you, nameless uh, block spot troll. All right, <laughs> one of the trollonites. Um, all right. Well, I got some great news here. A lot, a lot of packed stuff here. Lots of great stuff. And this is, comes courtesy of all the contributors in the Neo's Listener Submitted News Articles thread and the Mecha Talk Forum. And the first one here is from Carudo. And he's got a pretty good link here that goes to the Anime News Network. And uh, I don't know. I know gas is getting uh, quite expensive in, in, in the United States. And, hey, it could be offset by this great new uh, moped that's available for sale. <laughs> And you definitely got to check this out. It is a Shar Zaku 2 um, moped. Mm. And uh, it is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I can't describe it. You just got to go to this link that Mr. Crudo has here. Um, the uh, auction began on May 23rd and it ended May 30th. So I'm wondering who actually got this. So it was, the uh, top bid price was about 1300 bucks, which I think is pretty about. Shuichi Ikeda got it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be hilarious, huh? Or, or rather, Todofuruya got it to drive around and troll Shuichi Ikeda. Nice, nice. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to uh, check this out because uh, it, it's cool. It's just it's a moped, so you know I don't know why you'd want to be caught dead on a moped, but um, you know, hey, different strokes for different folks. But thank you, Mr. Caruto, for your submission there. And, and in more Moto Sports news, uh, this is from Hayaku Shiki. And this is um, on a, uh, the Geeks the Daily uh, thing here, uh, mm-hmm. website. And it is my little thingy here. It's not. <laughs> I don't want to know about your little thingy. <laughs> it oh, is. A group of Japanese Robotech fans, that's an oxymoron, right? <laughs> Japanese seven Robotech fans. They created a, it's called here, a scary perfect replica of the Cyclone motorcycle that appeared in Motsupeda. And, uh, of course, we saw those in the third Robotech war. That, that probably sounds like it's the, the person who wrote the article getting it wrong and, and yeah. not knowing anything. Like, oh, yeah, Robotech fans in Japan. Like, no, there's no such thing. <laughs> I'm reading this, and I'm like, I'm, I'm quoting the source. So don't, you know. Please. No, I know. I'm saying it's the source's fault. Yeah. I know. I'm just sitting here. And I was like, when I first read this, when I, before I was reviewing everything, I'm like, group of Japanese Robotech. What is this? It's like that's like a chicken and egg argument, right? There's no, there's, there's no such thing. It's impossible. <laughs> like, what, what is going on here? But yeah, this uh, this looks really cool, and uh, they don't know if nobody knows if it's street legal or not. But um, what they say here that's hardly relevant when you're busy liberating Earth from hostile aliens' nice. occupation. So, uh, and so we. And it works just like a standard motorcycle, so... Um, but it doesn't transform. Oh. Yeah. We all know what Chris wants on his Amazon wish list right there, baby. And then he'll get his mohawk, put it on, <laughs> and ride around with that shit, man. Look like a, um, look like a, look like one of those punks in the, um, in, 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 uh, in, in Most Peter or something. <laughs> hey, the, 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 the post-apocalyptic world has to start somewhere, so I'm yes, going to start it myself. Hey, man, you'll get it in time for 2012, man. Let's do this. <laughs> You have to work on that transforming part, but that's pretty much all you got left. And and the armor parts, I don't get like crushed by the transforming <laughs> motorcycle around me. That's true. <laughs> nice. 
But uh, thank you, Mr. Hayaki Shiki, for that. And everyone, uh, definitely check out his link that he has there on the thread because it looks pretty cool. It's just one picture, but looks uh, looks like a pretty cool bike to go around there. Not as cool as the uh, Canada bike, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, but thank you for your submission. And uh, this is, I guess this is kind of appropriate since uh, PSN is back up. And, uh, you know, one of the free games you can get is Little Big Planet. And this comes from Leiden Grim Angel. And somebody had created, uh, she's, uh, they have here the link to uh, Mecha Damashi. And there's a, somebody had created a Gundam Wing Little Big Planet 2 stage. And I watched the video of this and it's awesome. It's got Wing yeah. Zero. It's fighting against grunts. Um, it's wow. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely, check it out when you get a chance here. Yeah, there is a video. and um, It's a lot of work, and I'm, I'm sure it took a lot of time to do, but it's it's brilliant. It says here, the, the video is it's uh, unbelievably well animated for something put together with a simplistic editor, I guess they used, and includes a boss fight against Wing Gundam's nemesis, the Talkies. So were you able to see that, Chris? Or Yes, uh, I did. I watched that. Now, this is made for, for Little Big Planet 2, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I wonder... You probably can't import Little Big Planet two levels into Little Big Planet one. Sadly, you can't. I I, I wish you could though. Because I would download this level like now that I have Little Big Planet. Thanks, Sony. <laughs> I would I would download this level instantly. I hope they don't take it down because of copyright reasons. I know they've been big on that. Um, well, usually it's you know Western companies that have been attacking that, but yeah. you know never underestimate Sunrise because everyone knows that Sunrise has gone on YouTube slaughter fests every once in a while. So. <laughs> Maybe they'll have the video taken down and yet not the actual level in Little Big Planet. Cross our fingers. I'd love that. That, that would be that would be like Sunrise. Yeah, that would. Be. <laughs> you, this this video is of copyrighted stuff, so take down this video showing this stuff, but we won't take down the actual level showing that. <laughs> exactly. Sell, sell, sell. But thank you, uh, leading Grim Angel, for your submission there. And this is a new submitter. I've never seen this person before, so thank you for your submission there. But definitely check that out, folks, because uh, uh, like we've just heard, that video is Chris approved. So, this isn't necessarily... Um, don't try to stamp some kind of, you know, uh, approval label. I, I don't do that stuff. I'm not sober. I don't give any guarantees. I don't, I don't do any approvals. None of did, that stuff. No endorsements? No endorsements. Did you say this was one of the greatest YouTube videos you've ever seen? And that it, <laughs> and, uh, it will change your life. And it, without this, uh, peace in the Middle East will never happen. And, you know, doves won't fly. And, you know, the... the and things like that, right? Yes, I said all those things, but thank no. You. Okay. But thank you for your submission. <laughs> Check it out. Next one here is from Nasty Nate, and it's actually very interesting because he, uh, he, he uses the strategy that Gundam Unicorn has used uh, for a uh, release of, a, of an old show that's getting re released on Blu-ray, and it's uh, one of my personal favorites, and it's going to be um, they're re-releasing Moroni Kenshin on uh, Blu-ray, and they're, they're going to be doing uh, simultaneous releases in U.S. and Japan. Hmm. For and disgustingly horrible prices. Yeah, Which I don't. Article doesn't mention. I don't want to even. I don't even want to see the prices. And and this is something. Well, I, I'll tell you then the prices because it'll uh, crush your heart. Yes, it will. The the first OAV series, those four episodes, the awesome OAV. Mm -hmm. How about seventy dollars for that? Ooh, ooh, Jesus! I don't know about that. Damn. Yeah, and that second OAV. How about eighty bucks for it? Because why not? Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know what to say about that. That is um. That well, is hi highway robbery. If I may take the, the opportunity here to have a, a little straight talk uh, hit and run. Oh, please do. Please do. Um, screw you, Aniplex of America. <laughs> oh, <screw> you, Aniplex. 
because Aniplex of America is becoming the new Bandai Visual USA of let's release things at ridiculously high Japanese prices because, you know, American fans are willing to, to pay that much for everything. Wow. You know, yeah, I'll pop out 40 bucks every few months for Unicorn because one, it's every few months, and two, um, it's the only way to get it. The DVDs are not even out yet, and they're way far behind. And three, you know, Unicorn is brand new and made for high definition. Yeah, this is, this is like a 15-year-old show. Yeah, you really expect me to pay um, $70 for some OAV series that's like 15 years old almost? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Or yeah. $400 for Kara no Kyokai? Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's asking for a lot. Yeah, and they just don't seem to get it. And every single release now that they have here in America just seems to reinforce that they have no idea what they're doing. It's like, yeah, another Japanese company that doesn't know anything and thinks that the U.S. and Japanese market are exactly identical. Well, it's just... Uh... Go screw yourselves and flame out. <laughs> because I know eventually you'll pack up just like everyone else does, just like Toei did, just like Bandai Visual did. You'll realize that... Um, it doesn't work, but rather than learn from your failure, you'll just blame the market and not learn any lesson at all from it. So just leave now, please. Maybe they, <laughs> maybe, maybe they saw that there was a vacuum left over by the withdrawal of Bandai Visual. It's like, there's a vacuum left over. There's, there's definitely a market out there for overpriced Japanese anime that's such a niche title that um, you know, only a few people would be dumb enough to buy it. Yeah, that's it. That's the <laughs> ticket. <laughs> Maybe they're looking for the uh, Pedo Bear North crowd. <laughs> I guess so. What, 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 what would you call them? Uh, it'd be like the, suckers. The, the, <laughs> the sucker. <laughs> Sorry, Peter, but it's true. Suckers. Are they? Are they more? Are the suckers more real than the the mythical casual gamer? Which actually exists, the casual gamer? <laughs> but, I don't know, but they're both mysterious and elusive. But thank you, Mr. Nasty Nate, for that. So next one here, and uh, this is actually going to be a link to game trailers, and you, this is really something you might want to check out. I know Solbro has talked about this game a couple of times, and this is, comes courtesy of Mechting Gundam. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a link here from the creators of Hawken are interviewed by game trailers about games, uh, about the games, including the multiplayer, the customization, and the control. So yeah. uh, definitely check that out. I know that there's... Some excitement there, especially in the Solbro household. I think. Yes, indeed. Getting, I think he's getting a little excited there, and maybe he can do a Hawkin mod with uh, put Ryu head on one of the robots, right? Hey, you already, you already ahead of me, sir. Yeah. You already ahead of me. No, I'm just. <laughs> but, little, um, little big planet Street Fighter mod, right? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure some have been made, but as for in regards to Hawkin, um. This is exciting. I, I watched that video yesterday, and um, I, I can't wait to play this game. Um, I still think the best – I think I don't know the story of this game, but I still think the best story would be that the Earth is attacked by aliens, and the only one that can save us is Stephen Hawking in, <laughs> in a mech, and he has his own special mech, and he's like, screw you, alien bastards. Nice. I'm going to get some. <laughs> now, Stephen, I would, I would buy, I would buy that. That Stephen, would be awesome. Stephen Hawking versus the world, nice, nice. But um, it, this is um coming in light of uh, as we record, E three starts tomorrow, and um, I wonder if they're actually going to uh have a presence at E three at all. Usually, it's for big corporations, but there are some indie game makers that do show up there, and I wonder if they have any kind of backing that will allow them to show more of this game or have some on floor 
uh, playable demos of the game. Um, Maybe they've E3. caught the attention of a giant evil company. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Say it ain't so. <laughs> Activision and Bobby Kotick are proud to announce a partnership and the release of Hawken. Yeah, and, and the Hawken subscription service. Absolutely. <laughs> It's so they're gonna, they're gonna they're gonna divide the game up into five episodes that you have to pay the low <laughs> low price of forty nine ninety nine per episodes plus uh, the eight ninety nine a month subscription service to get one map every other month. One map. <laughs> and, uh, I, and, I, and, I, and in other news, Activision just named the new CEO. His name is Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, you don't understand. Palpatine is Kotick. Yeah, matter of fact, <laughs> did you ever see that, that that Photoshop of the Elite logo with Bobby Kotick's face in it? That mm. mess. That that mess. It, it it left me on the floor. I couldn't. I couldn't help but laugh because uh, that 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 that's a greedy bastard. <laughs> that is a greedy bastard. But people are going to sign up for it. They're already um for that uh Elite thing. They're already uh beta testing it in uh World at War right now and it it seems to be catching some kind of fervor. Um, so they're suckers. These yeah. call Call of Duty suckers. They're it's like, "Please make me pay for things that I didn't have to before. I'll pay you everything." <laughs> well, thank you Mr. Mechton Gundam for or Mechton GM for your submission there and uh, definitely check that out, all fans of Hawking. Like I said, I still think my idea for Hawking would have been better because Stephen Hawking saving the world against a- a- aliens. Who would want that? That would be awesome. Nice. <laughs> if I die tomorrow, so be it. But um, next um, article here, and this is from Awesome78, and this is coming from the Anime News Network. And uh, his uh, caption here is, I'm finally actually... Actual good Akira news in form of the replica's laser gun. Uh, a California prop maker uh, is advertising a replica of the laser gun from uh, Akira that Tetsuo u- or uh, uh, Kaneda uses at the end. And uh, it's up for, it's of course non-firing, which I find hilarious. Non-firing replica gun for about $1,000. So if, um, if you like that type of stuff, uh, you could definitely go check it out. So, um, you know, we, we should offset all the bad, scary Akira live-action movie news with some news that, you know, I'm sure next next episode we'll get more stuff like, uh, you know, more people, more so, so-called announcements and things, so. Well, I think what people forgot, uh, didn't didn't relay in the news, unless you read it sometime beforehand, is uh, uh, the Hughes brothers, or, or Albert Hughes, left the project. So right now the project's in limbo. Uh, the whole movie's in limbo. <sighs> Thank goodness. Uh, and um, what was the other movie that also um, is in Uncharted. limbo? Uncharted. Uncharted, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw when Chris posted the news about that. I know I could only imagine the smile on his face when, um, when both the director and Marky Mark left the project for Uncharted. So, yeah, both of those, well, both those like, movies are... Like take, take your family dynamic and stick it where the sun don't shine. Yeah. <laughs> what, from what I had heard, how Uncharted was going to be you know, neutered, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's better that it's just not made. I mean, come on. Seriously. Chris's, uh, heart, Chris's heart grew three times larger that day. <laughs> shoot. Mine, mine did, too. <laughs> the day that news was announced. That's crazy. But, uh, uh, yeah, but it couldn't happen at a better time. Thank you, Mr. Awesome78, for your submission. Last one here, and this is coming from the Prince of Zeon, and this is from the Gundam Guy blog. And it is saying here that it's being announced that this year's Tokyo Toy Show 2011, which is June 16th to the 19th, the new Gundam TV series will be announced. Wow. um, you know, mark that on your calendars, and we will see. Hopefully, it is um, a new seed show. I think we should go into the Destiny universe again. 
Um, <laughs> and and uh, you know, I hope they do more uh, Kira and and the uh, and the uh, holier than thou kids. So um, you know, but uh, no, that's exciting. So we'll definitely be checking out for that, and we'll be interested in seeing what that is. So uh, thank you, Mr. Prince Zeon, for your submission there and like i've always said to everybody in the past if you have anything out there you know what we talk about just post it up in the neos listener submitted news articles thread in the mecca talk forum so uh before we go on to our topics today we have uh some mailbag action with chris i know that um uh did anything back up with the memorial day holiday were there uh, a little few more things on that tuesday morning that would normally would be because of the uh because of the federal holiday that we had chris now nah, we're pretty good. We're we're only uh, right. a month behind now. Oh, that's awesome. Only, huh? <laughs> yep, only. So our first question comes from X of Valor. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. He says, hello, Gundam. As mentioned in the last podcast, all three of you have taken a liking to a number of Gundam soundtracks. As such, do you believe some of the modern animated incarnations of Gundam are detracting from the soundtracks themselves? An example, <laughs> Sea Destiny was scored by Toshihiko Sahashi. The show itself was undoubtedly painful to watch. Contrarily, the music was quite well composed. As Destiny is negatively viewed, it may or may not drag down the audience's opinion on the music. Uh, I would say not at all because mm-hmm. no one things. has ever said that Destiny has bad music. And people even who don't like the show, like myself, would readily say, but it has great music. Absolutely. That's, the two, that, they're two, that's two things the, that are completely divorceable yeah. from each other. Yeah. That's, the one, that's the one thing that you hear from the haters to say, yeah, I didn't like the show, but damn, the music was good. <laughs> damn, yeah. that score was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and, Some, sometimes bad shows can have great music like Destiny, and sometimes good things can have bad music like, say, for example, 0080. <laughs> <laughs> You're very right. Um, also, the same thing could be said for TV shows and movies. The score stands on its own. Um, a lot of times, if you like a composer, you know, sometimes they have the misfortune of composing for a show that's total shit. Yoko Kano's done it. <laughs> yep. And that doesn't mean the score's not worth listening to. Brain Power, it's not the greatest show in the world, but that score is awesome. I listen to Brain Power score all the time. Yes. I agree. All right. Our next question comes from Kaon73, who says, One of the common running jokes in the podcast is poking fun at director Fukuda for the rampant use of flashbacks in Seed and Destiny. While I remembered key ones like Nicole's death and Kagali's flaming father like you frequently <laughs> mentioned, <laughs> I hadn't seen the series since the original release of the DVDs a while back, so I started rewatching my again. Oh my god, I didn't realize how bad it was. Flashbacks worked in every possible moment, some just an episode ago, some a few episodes ago, some reused within the same episode. Do you know of any other, I'll open this up to any anime series, that uses, abuses... This storytelling slash narrative slash animation cheat as badly as the Seed series did, or can Fukuda claim an achievement here for least amount of original animation used to produce an entire TV series? What? Well, there are plenty of shows that abuse stock footage, mm-hmm. but that's not the question. The question is the flashbacks. The flashbacks, and yeah. I would have to say no. No one else comes close to using. Um, flashbacks so many freaking times um, as far as Fukuda does to the point that you know you see characters having a conversation and then there's a flashback to an event that they weren't even part of wow yeah that, 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 that was that was specially mastered in Destiny yes the, uh, <laughs> the old uh, I wasn't there but 
I'm sure in a hell flashing back to it. So uh, when you got four recap episodes throughout the course of your show, you have you have set a new you set a new bar. Like <laughs> one of the most ridiculous things, uh, you know, when after uh, after Shin destroys uh, freedom, he comes back and. Um, you know, he says to he says to Ather and Allspunk, he's like, I got revenge for you too. And then suddenly there's like a flashback of I think like Raul Lacruce dying. Like, what, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> these guys weren't. Neither of these guys were even there for that. No, the the the, the standout moment in Destiny for me is I think it's towards the beginning of the show, and it's right when uh, Atherin's still in Alex Dino mode, and he's there's something about the war, and he's thinking about you know I think there's something said about people friends that we lost. And you see flashbacks of all the people that died at the end of Seed, and you see Badgerul and uh, Azrael, and it's like this guy never even met them. It's like as he saw them what on the view screen. It's like they weren't. It's not their friends. I mean, I could kind of understand if it was Kira, yeah, because he knew Badgerul. But it's like, why is this guy flashing back to them? It's like, okay, Nicole and you know Rusty and Dad and Mom and you know and stuff like that. But why exactly? And not just a flashback, but Fukuda, I think, also wins the, the award for um, using the exact same animation over and over, mm-hmm. cutting and pasting in new robots to change it around. Oh, I'm sure everyone has seen the, um, the three-column uh, screenshot comparison of the Akatsuki, Legend, and Providence all <laughs> attacking a set of enemies in the exact same way, all of the enemies exploding in the exact same way, the dragoons flying around in the exact same way, and the three suits facing the camera with exploding stuff behind them in the exact same, <laughs> same way. way. Yeah, not only that, but he also likes to um, piecemeal his intros to his shows as well, where um, a lot of them are just like still shots, and then in the background you've got footage of, uh, of, the, of the key shots of Mecha and whatnot that you're going to see in the episode um, when you watch it. So <laughs> or, 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 or the fact of, man, that first battle of Orb and Seed was so great that we had to bring it back in, um, in Destiny, not only on, on Earth, but in space, too. <laughs> you know, and you watch the travesty of animation that Destiny is, mm-hmm. and I, I look at this and I say, this was the same guy who did um, Cyber Formula and Dendo? Yeah, because both have none of this. Yeah, that's what kills me. Because I, Chris is, I've watched both shows too, and and it's like you never see this stuff. And and you know, I, I would challenge every anybody. The opening to do stuff, this. yes, because he does do that in the openings yeah. of those things too. But you know, the 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 constant flashbacking, the recycling yeah. animation by changing little parts of it around. Mm-hmm. He never did any of that stuff before. So, and they're not short shows either. It's not like these are like. Little ten episode shows. I mean, the first Cyber Formula is what about forty episodes, thirty something episodes, I think. So I mean, it's not like it's it's not like um, you know he's just trying to. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it because you you will watch these things. And you're like, wow, this is the same guy that did see Destiny. And, and and you got to look at it. I mean, you you figure by the time that Gundam Des- see Destiny rolled around, that um a show like that would have a higher budget than the shows he previously did. So you know, for th- that many shortcuts well, to be he, in the animation, huh? Well, just they. Well, wasn't the whole thing they blew it a lot on like the on pop the star mu- of the week yeah, or something like that, and the music too, probably. Because because Destiny had what like nineteen different openings with nineteen <laughs> different bands or little pop stars doing. It's, it's like, oh wow. It had okay. a lot of. It did have a lot of insert insert uh, songs in the show, and and then you're have, having to then you're having to pay that uh, what's his face TM Revolution to to show up for like two episodes and die. <laughs> I mean, it's like really. 
Yeah, I, I guess it goes to show that yeah, they, they, the the budget was definitely mismanaged on that show. Enough that many shortcuts. Enough flashback talk. Let's stop talking about that show. Damn. Damn. Our next question comes from someone we haven't heard from in a while, Momaru. Oh, hey. He lives. Who says, Chris, is it me or does Whitebeard always remind you of another white mustache, namely the Tourney Gundam? He's referring to the character Whitebeard from One Piece, which if you guys look at him, he's got a giant mustache that looks like Tourney's. Oh, that's pretty cool. Maybe they were separated at birth. Does he have a... does he have a, uh, a a little naked black boy in his pelvis like uh, Turn A had? <laughs> no. <laughs> when when I first saw Whitebeard, I was instantly reminded of the Turn A. Can you guys think of any other Gundam references in anime? Shaman King and Helsing come to mind. Well, we answered this question like yeah. last episode, so yeah. Just well, there's always a red, there's always a red rival now. I mean, you know, a lot of these shows, it's like, oh wow, mask guy with in red, or just somebody in red that's going to be you know, a justified hero so, or justified villain. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, any other comments on <laughs> that, or are we just going to be cheap and refer back to the last one? Oh, just be cheap. Please um, refer to episode 78's mailbag. I'm gonna, f- <laughs> I'm fakuting it right now. You're fakuting. <laughs> Our uh, last question. Fakuting it, it would be just uh, uh, Solbro just slicing in what we said the previous episode. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Our last questions come from Arbiter, who says, even though this is more sci-fi than Mecha, I would like to know what you all think. Which mm-hmm. of the four Rebel Alliance starfighters is your favorite? X-wing, Y-wing, A-wing, or B-wing? Okay, you're gonna have to talk to me. Of what I know, what X-wing is. Richer, what was it? Y-wing. B wing and A. Which ones were those? Well, the Y wing looks like a Y. <laughs> what 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 movie was it in? Is in it was in um I think oh uh, oh the first Fire one Strikes I know Back? I know it, I know which one you're talking about. It had like the weird thruster things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that's the Y wing. Okay, and what was A and B? Um, I think A is triangle are not shape. X or Y. <laughs> Other buttons on the control pad. <laughs> we can't say refer to the MAHQ mecha section for this one because because <laughs> Chris would be in jail for copyright infringement because because the, uh, the the Sith Lord George Lucas you know Darth Lucas would have uh, would have put the old cease and desist on him. I think um, to be honest, I, I, I the one I'm most familiar with is the X-wing personally. Um, I, I, I always always had an admiration for that and the uh, the Tie Fighter. I say Millennium Falcon. Is that? Yeah, the Millennium Falcon is up there too. That that, bo- all three of those uh, designs are timeless. Even though you know they were made way back in the in the late seventies, you know they they still hold up to this day. And I always like the design so, of all three so, of those. So the next revisioning. Okay, there's there's oh, yeah. the A wing. So stop uh, <laughs> stop all wondering. Right. Okay, hold on. Let me. Where um, let's see. Where the heck did this go? Just hit that chat button. <laughs> Trying. I see it. Look at that. Oh my god. Yeah, that's from um. Is, oh. that, is that from the prequels? Yeah. There's there's your B wing. Okay. Um, I, the X wing is fine. I I'll be honest with you. I'm not too about. I I like the little um the little snow things that they had. Those were kind of cool. Yeah, and and Empire Strikes Back. So mm-hmm. yeah, X wing is fine. I think the X wing. It's just it's it looks the most practical too. So there you go. There Sorry. you go. I'm not a huge star. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, so I, you know. You know what I prefer? The Viper <laughs> from Battlestar. What, what were they calling Battlestar Galactica? Were they um? Oh, the the Viper. Which one? The, the, the Mark II or the 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 newer one? 
I like the Mark II, but the newer I, one looked cool too. Yeah, the newer. I, I was kind of torn. Had, had the three guns. It had the yep. gun above on the uh, stabilizer. Yep. That always reminded me of the uh, the Vic Viper from Gradius and uh and Life Force and those Konami shoot 'em ups. But now who, now who would fight? Who would win in a battle? Luke Skywalker or the Admiral? When he was Ooh. when he was Husker, I think is the admiral. Ooh. Even though he doesn't have the force, he's still the fucking admiral. No, he's got the badass. <laughs> That's what he's got. Hell, I even think that um, I even think that uh, Starbuck could take Luke, man. Yeah, well, yeah, that's just me. But you know that that that's what's up. But yeah, the admiral all day long, man. That guy's a survivor. I'm I'm gonna go with uh, the the X-wing and its yeah. brother from another mother, the Star Fury from Babylon Five. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the Star Fury. <laughs> oh, man. I like the way those things used to launch. I thought that was a cool way to uh, launch in this. They would duck down and shoot out. Yep. His next question is, <clears throat> this one harkens back to episode 10 of Gundam and the Star Trek Star Wars Gundam discussion. Good if Chris and Neo have any thoughts about this, I'd love to hear them. But back in that episode, I think Chris said that Voyager and Enterprise drove him away from Star Trek. I was just curious as to why that is. Because they suck, that's why. <laughs> and soon you'll get S- simple as that soon you can see for yourself when they're on Netflix yeah but I was about to say soon enough you'll be able to relive the magic I, <laughs> or lack thereof I, I've, I've seen a few episodes of Voyager and it never really caught me I was watching Enterprise but um, it got really kind of stupid um, I, I thought it was cool that you, you had the origin type of story but then it was just getting a little goofy at the end and I thought the best part of that show is when the uh, aliens attacked Earth and they like had to go fight them. But I don't know how that recanted anything in Star Trek uh, history because you never heard of like somebody really shooting a giant laser at Earth. So I was like, when did this become Macross all of a sudden? So all I know is the way they should have ended Enterprise is that um, at the very last episode when um, when the captain's job was done, Al would walk out and say, "Hey, man, it's time to leap." <laughs> That would that that'd have been funny, that, actually. That, that I don't know if that would be more trolling or less trolling than oh yeah, all of you characters are just holograms that Riker and Troy are messing around with. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, that was funny. Ugh, terrible. So, his uh, his his last part of the question is, Neo, can we hear your Rosamia impression again? There was another impression that I was thinking of, but I forgot. No, it wasn't Jay Leno. Maybe we could also hear Chris's Ali impression. Hey, buddy, what do you, you think? I'm a street clown here to make voices and amuse you and make funny with that, huh? What am I here to amuse you? I'm a clown. Make you laugh? Yeah. So you think it's funny? Man, we got Dueling De Niro's up in here. <laughs> I was going more. Uh, oh, uh, Dueling. Yeah. Doing the Pesci's. <laughs> Fellas. Yeah. That's, uh... I'm getting my Italians mixed up. Because <laughs> you're a racist. That indeed. <laughs> Jay Leno is only for special occasions. Cause... Oh. But what, what about Rosamia? I guess it's what? Oh. Brother! Brother! <laughs> hey, Brother Camille! Here's, check out these! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Excuse me, miss. We have to do a medical exam yeah. to... To examine your knees, I'll take. You, I'll need you to take off your shirt. Okay. You seem like a nice guy. Here, have some candy. Candy, shit, cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah, the the one time that you wish a laser shot would hit the uh, beam shot would hit the side of the argument and just suck somebody out. <laughs> be uh, be Rose and me, and I'm sure uh, Chris would second with uh, Shinta and Coom. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> 
They were your favorite parts of Zeta, right, Chris? Shinta and Kumi. Oh, oh yeah. Nothing like uh, nothing like War Orphans to uh, to liven up the party on the the good ship, uh, the, the hippie ship Argama. Austin's favorite when, character. When it, when it comes to Shinta and, and Kumu, I'll, I'll go full Austin. I was like, screw those War Orphans. I want those two to die. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, and that's it for the mailbag. Sweet. All right. All right. Well, anything else before we get into uh, this first and only topic of Legend of the Galactic Heroes Guide? No, I'm ready, man. Let's let's talk about it. All right. <laughs> time time for silence for Solbo. Oh, um, Solbo relight. <laughs> but uh, well, we'll be getting to our first topic and only topic for this episode, and you're listening to Gun Jam at MHQ. What Marcellus Wallace looks like. What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. If you're into sports, working out, or just need a new pair of shoes, and you're a proud listener of Gundam at MAHQ, well, we got the thing for you. If you go to Gundam.net, you can click on the Champs banner and receive 10% off a $50 or more purchase by entering the code AFMAHQCH or 15% off of a $75 or more purchase using the code AFGUNDCH. If you're a fan of the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college sports, or even stuff like Major League Soccer and a lot of your uh, Premiership Soccer jerseys, definitely go to champsports.com for all those needs. And also visit them because they have some great deals on footwear and other products. We, the hosts of Gundam at MHQ, visit champsports.com for all of our footwear and sporting good needs. You should, too. Get rid of everything that creates hate. Everything that helps make it grow. All right, everyone, this is Sil Bosby, and you've heard about... Judo! Judo... Judo Washita. Judo and the Junkyard Kids. Well, this fall on WSBR, they're going to be coming to your home. Uh, annoying pest. What are you looking at? <laughs> You're being mean, Judo. Why won't you play with me? Judo is under my control. Join Judo as they go against all the wackiness with the Mashima and the Junkyard guy. And you learn a little things in the end. That's it. This fall, Judo and the Junkyard kids are WSBR for your DVR favorites. Judo, you just watch. I'm going to get you this time. Jules, you give that fucking Nimrod $1,500 and I'll shoot him on general principle. No, Yolanda, Yolanda, he ain't gonna do a goddamn motherfucking thing. Bitch, shut the f***
This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is sponsored by Champ Sports. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ, and uh, today we're going to be jumping into something that we've left hanging for a very long time, and that is a wrap-up of everybody's favorite space opera, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. So last time we talked about the first Gaiden series, and right now let's jump right into the second Gaiden series, which consists of 28 more episodes set before the main series. Nice. So the first Gaiden series had a 12-part arc called 100 Billion Stars, 100 Billion Lights that was in the second half of the show. This Gaiden has a 14-episode arc called Spiral Labyrinth at the very beginning of the show. Sort of a contrast. And the story basically focuses on Yang, and it hits up a lot of points starting with uh, the very beginning. The first episode is him as a very young officer, and we actually see the story that's talked about so much in the series of how he became the hero of El Fasil. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. So we get to see him um, organizing the uh, the evacuation of all those citizens. We get to see the um, cowardly officer who abandons him and is promptly captured by the Empire. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> oh, man. So that's taken care of. And then we have, you know, in the later episodes... One, Yang struggling with his uh, his newfound fame, as well as a new assignment where he's investigating an allegation that Bruce Ashby, one of the uh, most well-known heroes of the Free Plants military, was murdered Ooh. rather than killed honorably in battle. So... The episodes then, interestingly, they dip into the past, and we have a couple episodes that focus entirely on this guy, Bruce Ashby, and his fellow officers who um, all had a big winning streak and were known as the Year 730 Mafia, because that's the year they all graduated. Oh, wow. (laughs) So in the present, there's only one left who's still alive, and um, Yang is sort of hearing the story. So we find out about uh, Bruce Ashby. He was sort of like a very brash guy, very loudmouth, arrogant, but also gifted. Mm -hmm. And he sort of became, um, in a sense, the, the Reinhard of the Free Planets. Yeah. You know, and his name, you know, he constantly mocked the Empire in every battle, like, just want you all to know that you were beaten by Bruce Ashby. <laughs> so his name became infamous within the Empire because he was the guy that they all wanted to take down. And then eventually he uh, he gets killed mm-hmm. in battle uh, when his ship is attacked. But there's this allegation that he was murdered. So Yang is going around investigating all of this. But some other things happen, including he gets assigned to a prison planet and there's a hostage crisis. Oh, and the interesting part of this is that this is where we're introduced to some characters like Patori Chef and Murai. Yep. And um, Yang is trying to find out about Bruce Ashby. There's uh, there's an Imperial POW who's been living at the camp for like 30 or 40 years. And he knows everything and everyone. And they put down the rebellion and Yang moves on. There's uh, some more investigation. And then in the end, we find out that uh no he wasn't murdered his death was exactly like it was oh wow so kind of an anticlimactic letdown about after all this build-up um personally i would say that the individual elements of spiral labyrinth are better than the whole of it what would you say neo uh i'd have to agree because like you just said 
with the the letdown of the ending, the fact that you know when they, when Yang is talking uh, to to the the last survivor of the Seven Three Mafia, and he starts doing some research about each of these individual guys that are part of it, you see that there's a lot of resentment and a lot of um, you know just just a they weren't as they weren't as buddy buddy as ever as it was brought out to be and as of course the the history is always exaggerated to make yeah. everyone look more heroic and noble and you find out that Bruce Ashby was not this wonderful guy he, yeah, he drank, from it. cheated on his wife you know is a womanizer you know all of these guys had their individual problems but you know the propaganda of the war made them all seem like they were just inseparable comrades <laughs> and he was, and he was an, and he was an opportunist because he would be the one sometimes that would take credit for what his subordinates or what you know his comrades did, and you know just because he had that, you know he had that presence that he was able to do it because you know a lot of these guys they were just a lot they didn't have they weren't as bombastic as he was when it came to things, and um, it, it was interesting because you you got to see the whole like you said earlier the whole thing with. Um, uh, Yang at El Fasil and you know uh, directing that thing, doing his best impression of like a Bahamian traffic cop there, uh, getting the uh, getting the sandwich from um, <laughs> from what's her face, uh, that, uh, you know, while he's directing people into the ships to try to save them, and that whole thing that happened with the commander there, thinking, oh yeah, I'll just surrender it, and the alliance they'll they'll make a prisoner exchange for me. <laughs> Sorry, buddy, <laughs> not yeah, gonna happen. Doesn't, doesn't work out that way. <laughs> Because he well, thought he, he thought he was he thought he was the man. He's like, oh, it won't be no big deal. I'm a, I, you know, I'm an admiral in the alliance. They'll have to get the alliance will have to want to try to get me back. Uh, no, no, we got a new guy. <laughs> One thing I loved um, was uh, <clears throat> when they're on the. Uh, the prison part of the arc, and you have the the corrupt warden, and oh, Murai yeah. comes in to take over. And number one, he he comes in earlier than he said he would to get this oh, guy yeah. by surprise. Yep. And he comes in like all serious, you know, taking names, no joking around. And um, the way that Patorichev tries to uh, like inflate what Yang is doing and make it seem like he's some undercover operative. Yeah. <laughs> and Murai's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Undercover operative, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I met this guy. This guy is, you know, he's a mess. <laughs> you know, he can't even he can't even he can't even keep his own house clean. How's he going to be some master mastermind spy that's going to be, you know, trying to frame you for uh, Damn. doing wrongdoing? Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. the the, uh, the prison arc was pretty interesting, and it was it was nice to see Yang get in a situation where he had to kind of get his his hands dirty and trying to help put down the rebellion because you know he that's just not his demeanor. And he's just not going to, you know, going to do what we don't see that much of that happening throughout uh, the show at all. And, uh, you know, he's just very much that bookworm, that history book bookworm guy. Yeah. Well, this is his very early days when he's, you know, Mr. Like, oh, I just wanted to go to military college. I didn't want to be a soldier. And, you know. This is when he has to get his head out of the books and start, you know, thinking and, and doing things. And also, this is before he's built up a team of people around him. So, you know, he's on his own for a lot of this. Yeah. And it is interesting. And I like the, um, you know, that, that a lot, uh, the Imperial uh, prisoner that, I mean, he was just, he, he didn't want to go back. He was cool where, where he was at because you find out the whole situation of being a pr if you get taken prisoner, how bad it is on your family and everything. And, you know, um, you know, and, and he had a, he had a pretty good deal going on, even though he was in captivity and he finally gets released uh, towards the end of this. Episode. Only to die. <laughs> yeah, only to die. So, but um, 
yeah, kind of a little, little Shawshank kind of a thing there for a while. Nice. Uh, but um, yeah, it was. I, I think it was good. But I, I do agree. It, um, the it, the the ending wasn't as good as the sum of its parts because they were pretty interesting. Yeah, the Bruce Ashby thing should have just been like those two episodes on its own, like going into mm-hmm. the history. Just you know, a little Yang too much. wants you know Yang wants to talk to this guy, and you know all these other elements like the Alpha Seal thing, the the, the prison. I think it would have been better served as just individual small arcs rather yeah. than being part of a big arc where in the end it doesn't really come together. They probably felt that we gave Reinhardt this whole big thing we got to give, you know, try to, because, you know, it's always, this- it's always the thing you get with Galactic Heroes is they're always trying to keep these two guys of kind of equal footing when it comes to their exposure through the show. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a bit of a letdown because... You know, like when they get into the past of all of these 730 guys and, you know, they throw out some red herrings and you know, make you think like, well, maybe there is this massive conspiracy like, oh, that, you know, that the, the greatest hero of the Alliance up to this, this point, you know, was murdered and, you know, that's a cover up and, you know, the last survivor just died and, you know, nah, it's, and, and then in the end it's like, nah, not really. <laughs> no, he, 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 really, he really died heroically in battle. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Why did we go through all this then? Yeah. <laughs> Plus, uh, there was this little rather interesting little thing there of um, this last surviving guy, his, his granddaughter. And Yang, uh, you see, like, he's trying to investigate that. Like, he's, like, uh, he's trying to see if he can hit that. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, she, she shut that down quick, didn't she? She sure did. I'm betrothed to this guy. It's like, whoa. Well. Damn. Yeah, poor Yang can't catch a deal. He's always got Julian. So, <laughs> hey, it's Legend of the Galactic Heroes. You, you know, women are good, but you know the the only people that'll stand by you are your friend. You know, is your <laughs> behind is your... every woman in Galactic Heroes, there's five men waiting in the wings. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there's always some good-looking guy there for you. You know, to oh. to help pick you up off the ground in Galactic Heroes. So. so, would you say Galactic Heroes is the epitome of bros before hoes? <laughs> I, I would say, and, and I would I would definitely think in in a lot of ways uh, there's some bromantic elements and uh, romantic elements. <laughs> but what I want to know is, I have a question for you that's very important and pressing. What's mm-hmm. that? How would things be different if Kirky Ice were here? Well, first off, I could always twirl his hair because you know when when things get a little tough, it just really calms me down when I twir- you know doodle with his little bangs there and just say. Oh, Kierke Ice, I'm just so glad you're here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. One uh, general comment about this second guidance as a whole, but that you see quite prevalent in this arc, mm-hmm. is that uh, if you notice, the animation style has changed because when this show came out in the early 2000s, late 90s, it was right at the cusp of when anime started transitioning to the digital coloring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those early shows have kind of a, a cheaper, like less detailed look to them. Yeah. And that's on display here. It doesn't look so bad in the character scenes, but in the space combat scenes, all of the ships are really cheap looking. Yeah. Aww. They just look like a couple of lines and blobs of colors flying through space. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. But it, it, I mean, it, it, it's, it was it's that transition no, period. So I yeah. give them a bit of a pass on that because a lot of shows from right around this time from like 99, 2000 that were doing mm-hmm. this transition had similar issues where they were cheap looking and, you know, they hadn't quite mastered these techniques yet. Definitely. Animating in a different way. Yeah. It's, it, it's not that bad. I mean, it's, it's not that bad, but it's a noticeable change because the first guy series came right after the main series and was done in that old style and then right. this one is the only one that is completely different from the rest of the series it's not bad it's just something that's unnoticeable change 
Does it still have the, some of the same voice actors from the um, from the previous editions? Or oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah it's okay. all still all the same because it's, it's all, all the same. It's around the same time. Yeah, cool. Um, but anyway, moving on, the remaining fourteen episodes of the second guidance series are all a bunch of uh, little mini arcs, kind of like we had in the first series. Nice. And these all switched their focus to Reinhard and Kirkyice. So the first is a four-episode arc called The Mutineer, and <laughs> the mutineer in question is Reinhard. Ooh. Um, I would basically call this arc Space Crimson Tide. <laughs> yeah, that would, uh, that would be a good way of saying it. And it, you know, it, it, you committing mutiny because your commander's putting you in danger and being uh, illogical and irrational, and uh, the only way is to... Uh, you know, to save everyone is to commit treason. Yeah, and you know, it's it's um, you know, it is a little wordplay there, mutineer, because it's like, yeah, he he technically did commit commit mutiny, but in the end, it was the best thing to do to save the ship and everything like that. Because the actual captain gets um, he gets Captain Pallowed like in a mobile suit. You know, he gets the old uh, <laughs> old, uh, old old uh, iron shards in the back and has nice. to be, has to be uh, moved around in the old uh, stretcher, giving command from there. But then a dumbass takes command instead of Reinhard, and the dumbass just gets everything wrong. Till till he uh, till he somewhat redeems himself at the end by getting burnt up. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a good it's a good arc, and you know another one from early in um, in Reinhard's days. You know, it's it's interesting because at the beginning of the arc, everyone on the ship, you know, on this little crappy destroyer, they're like, "Oh, look at these kids! These are like babies! Oh, look at this punk! Ugh, none of them like him." Yeah. But then he eventually proves himself to him, to them, and the crew, they're all like, yeah, you're awesome, Reinhard. Yeah. So you really see them warm up to him and see, like, yeah, you know, he may be, uh, his sister may be the, the emperor's buddy, but, um, <laughs> you know, he has skills and he cares about us. Nice. And, and it's interesting because it is, it's a little crappy destroyer, and the actual captain is, he's this, um, he's this low end aristocrat that went into the military late, so he's not bound by all the stuff, but he's really just kind of there just to collect a check and you know just because he just wants his this, pension this, this, <laughs> this is what aristocrats do they join the military and i mean even he says it i don't really do much and he he puts everything he has a sub captain uh the you know the one guy that we were talking about he's actually the one running the ship and of course you know when like Chris said when when Kierkegaard and Reinhardt show up, you know all these guys are more warmed up to him because you know they served with him and and there's some tension and you know of course this captain he realizes Reinhardt's potential. It's like even though he's just some lazy guy trying to get a, a pension, he realizes that Reinhardt's got some skills and he's just not there just because he's the you know like Chris said his sister is um, you know buddy of the of the emperor. So. <laughs> Well put. Yeah, so our next arc, another four-episode one, is called The Duelist, which out of all of the mini arcs in the second half of this guide, I would say is my favorite. Same here. Because it's a completely different kind of story from what we've seen before. Mm -hmm. You have uh, Reinhard rising up and um, taking on a, a duel as a challenge to protect the family of one of his sister's only friends. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you know, he's aware that his sister is completely shunned by the Imperial Court and right. that she only has a few friends. So he takes it upon himself 
to step in and intercede to save um, her friend's family and ends up getting himself into like an old-fashioned sort of, you know, duel. Nice. That's and awesome. And what I like is how he insists upon Kirky Ice like butting out because yeah. he wants to do everything himself. And it's funny because the reason why he's the one doing the duel is and this in this in this arc it shows more about how the life is in the empire that these aristocrats still get in these arguments because this whole deal was between two families dealing with some land rights for mining. And you know they challenge they did a duel. Well they're like um, in the empire what they do is the aristocrats it's not like what we think of in America when they used to have those duels uh, where you know the two guys had beef and they'd go and they they do you know they'd go shoot it out and um, here they actually hire a professional duelist oh. to do it in place of them so that's why Ryan Hart was in the because you know they they uh, this family because of what was going on and all the stuff that this the uh, the other family was saying about them they were having a hard time finding somebody to actually be a duelist for them because they were afraid that the um, the head of the family was going to have to do it, and he was just some kind of nerdy old guy. So wow, but yeah, it, it was cool because he was he was he he was very adamant this time of having Kirky Ice just stay the hell out of his business because I think he was trying to prove himself that he could do it. So yeah, and he does manage to do well for himself, even though yeah. in the end Kirky Ice does have to intervene a bit <laughs> and and give him and give him a little strategy before uh, before you begin. It's like, maybe you should just do this. I don't know. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And then what's he do? He ends up doing the same thing. <laughs> what Kierkegaard said. So. so definitely a good one to see uh, Reinhardt stand up and do something on his own because he's physically not very strong. He's certainly not a, a, a kung fu ninja like Kierkegaard. No. <laughs> or zero-G ninja like Kierkegaard can be. It, it's sort of comparable to um, that the running joke in, in Code Geass where Lelouch just has no athletic ability whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> And, and they show, like, you know, in those wacky chase episodes, he's running and everyone runs by him, even people in costumes and even the cat, because he just <laughs> he just has no physical ability whatsoever, None. but just has a brilliant mind. Kind of the same with Reinhardt. It's like, Reinhardt wants to prove that he's not like that bad. Except so, Lelouch, Lelouch really didn't care to try to prove so. Hell no. <laughs> it wasn't as adamant as uh, Reinhardt was. Lelouch. Reinhardt wanted to prove it. Lelouch was like, if I have to do it, I'll do it, but I still don't want to do it. Lelouch was just fine being an armchair quarterback. Yep. <laughs> the uh, the next arc, which is the last of these four episodes arcs, is called The Retriever, and I would liken this one to being a World War II submarine movie in space. Yeah. Now that's cool. Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, it's... It, it like yeah, it, it is like that. I mean, it's secret weapons across enemy lines. The enemy's not knowing. Secret clandestine mission that well, you know, if something happens, we won't we won't sh we won't admit that this that you were out doing this. We'll just say we didn't know. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I think it was an episode too long, personally. Not as good as the Duelist, but pretty good. And our last part of Gaiden is uh, only two episodes. And this one is the third battle of Tiamat. <laughs> this one's a, this one's kind of an amusing one because uh, <laughs> yeah, you've got um, on the alliance side, you've got this guy who um, who likes to talk shit mm -hmm. and who styles himself as sort of the second coming of Bruce Ashby. <laughs> 
but uh, he doesn't have the skills to back it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he wants to fight this big old battle, the third battle of Tiamat. And he just does not know that his opponent in this battle is Reinhardt. Ooh. And well, the difference in skill becomes apparent quite quickly. Damn. It, it, it's, it's funny because this guy made a little bit of a name for himself because his whole strategy of fighting is just like he, he tries to do like organized chaos, but it's really not. It's just chaos where mm-hmm. you just kind of jump in and you just keep pushing and, and you don't move you don't move your forces and even though you even though you keep pushing you don't move them in conjunction with each other he's just trying to cause all this disruption and you know Reinhardt calls out perfectly and you know this like this um, this guy from like the chief of staff is overseeing Reinhardt's command he's like why won't you go in there he's like look he's this guy's gonna be doing this um, we're just gonna pull back a little bit after a while he's gonna see the opening come up and then he's gonna over stretch himself and then we can just encircle him and destroy him which basically happens <laughs> yeah and, and this guy keeps arguing with reinhardt and it's fun to see like reinhardt like practically want to strangle this guy to death yeah for being such a moron i mean the guy's well-meaning but he just he's he's a perfect example of he's so set in the ways uh the dogma the military dogmas of strategy that he can't think outside the box yeah and reinhardt obviously hates those guys and and he and he's the perfect example of looking at what you see right here instead of seeing what's going to happen. Yeah, and seeing a few steps ahead now, it's like okay, yeah, we it looks like we might be losing or getting beaten back a little bit, but this is only going to happen for a certain point. And yeah, yeah, it was also amusing um, seeing this guy get beaten by Re- like knowing how badly he's going to get beaten by Reinhardt because you know what Reinhardt's skills are, and then this guy learns. But at the same time, it's also kind of annoying, and maybe you'll agree with me on this neo because um there's a few too many of these types of guys in galactic heroes who are like i have this plan for battle that must succeed therefore it will (laughs) (laughs) especially on the alliance it seems like the alliance had a little bit more where they just the these guys are like fork yeah, they're, they're so set in it, and because all the other admirals are just all tired and, and just want to go home, they just say, okay, yeah, we'll do it, and, you know, it's not a big deal. We'll just kind of, um, you know, th- there's not too much repercussions when it comes to failing in the Alliance as there is with the Empire, where, you know, these guys could lose their, you know, lose their family name and stuff like that. They get dishonored in, in the Alliance, but it's not to the same extent. But, yeah, it, it is. It, it's almost like um, it's almost like a Buff Clan guy in a day on you know with with this powerful mech this week (laughs) i will take down the giant god damn you giant god you know the thing is it just what annoys me is that it just strikes me as really unrealistic because while obviously i have not served in the military i would imagine that in officer school they would probably teach you that um the best laid plans mean nothing once the first shot is fired. Well, not only that, but the, you can definitely see in this one, the guys, his, um, his officers under him are not confident of this plan. And we all know that there are things in place in, in military that if the commanding officer, even though he's the commanding officer, if there's some type of, if the other officers have some resolution to think he's unfit for command or is going to endanger them, they can relieve him. And the fact that they don't even, they don't even fight back and they just die with this guy. It's, and and the way he gets killed is hilarious because it's just like, <laughs> oh no, boom. And then it, it's no big grandiose thing. It's just like, oh crap, boom. And then, you know, Reinhardt, he, he just keeps pushing on. So Yeah, it's just... I, I've had enough with these Galactic Heroes guys of like, I intend to win, so therefore I must. Ha 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 ha. What do you mean our ship's on fire? No, 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 we must win. No! <laughs> My plan! 
or, 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 the, or the thing is, see, they're moving back. You know, the classic Reinhardt move of, of backing his forces up back to bait yep. you. To, to class- make you come in and then surround you and destroy you. Look, we're, we're beating them back. Look how easily they're them. falling back. Well, onward, boys. We're going to get these Imperial <laughs> bastards. And there's always some guy. <laughs> Damn some, you, some, Imperial some, bastard. <laughs> there's some flunky who's saying, but no, sir, it's a trap. Or like, yeah. say, uh, Yang, you know, at the very beginning of Galactic Heroes, when Yang's telling this guy, like, no, dude, you're, that, you shouldn't do that. And the guy's like, shut up. I'm not going to listen to you. Your strategies are... Our retreat. That's for weaklings. We're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> and then the guy dies. It's just it's so funny. It, it's just so how funny how how stupid this guy is and, and how just preoccupied with being the the reincarnation of Bruce Aspey that you know he just keeps saying, "Oh, I'm I'm the reincarnation of Bruce Aspey, so it's gonna work." And then you know he joins Bruce Aspey and and uh, in, in, in heaven death. there. So. <laughs> But it, at least Bruce Ashby had a lot of victories under his name. This guy was just uh, a wannabe. He's just a he's a low rent Bruce Ashby. Yeah, he's he's man. He's he's below low rent Bruce Ashby. Yeah. He's like he's like he's, he's like, like, like government subsidized. He's government, government sub- subsidized. Government Bruce cheese. Ashby. Damn welfare Bruce a- Bruce Ashby, huh? Yep. <laughs> So, although that wraps up production-wise Galactic Heroes, we still have two things left to talk about, which we're going to do right now. And the first is a 1992 one-shot OIV called Golden Wings. Oh. And this is yet another Reinhardt and Kierkegaard story. And this one is um, one of the earliest stories of them chronologically, where it's them right out of uh, the Academy. But before we get into that, there are some very... um, noteworthy or perhaps controversial things about this OAV. Mm-hmm. And that is, one, all of the voice actors are completely different, save for the narrator. Oh. All of the character designs are totally different. Yeah, it's like shown in time. Oh, all no. of the uniforms are completely different. Damn. All of the mechanical designs are completely different for the ships, for the fighters, everything. Is, is this the lawn? Is this and the same Iserlone, show? It, it, it is, but it, it doesn't look it. And Iserlone goes from having that cool, like, liquid metal surface mm-hmm. to just being uh, a low-rent Death Star. Yeah, it's, it's no, it, it is the low-rent Death Star, including with satellite dish cannon. Yes. <laughs> And and uh, the big uh, the big shaft where remember uh, Vader threw the Emperor down into the third movie when he mm-hmm. threw him down there that yep. big long shaft with the big thing going up from the middle they have mm-hmm. this I mean the interior almost looks like the friggin Death Star at some points I'm like really this is you know this I, I'm waiting to hear use the Force Luke you know as the uh, as the Spartanians are because the Spartanians they they completely messed with those and oh, yeah, nothing the looks the same nothing sounds the same except for the narrator everything is just like you're like what am I watching so the story is as I mentioned uh, Reinhardt and Kierkegaard fresh out of the academy and they've been assigned to uh, Iserlone and that that pesky uh, Marquis Benemunde you know she yeah. she wants him dead although chronologically I guess this is her first attempt on his life yeah. so she has this like creepy looking inspector guy go make trouble for Reinhardt and, and try to off him and um yeah, yeah that's pretty much it there's not much to tell yeah Just a one shot one hour oav and that guy was such a dork i mean yeah. that that this guy was just i mean first off he's really he's really feminine looking and he's just i mean he's just you know he's on orders to try to and and reinhardt's seeing through this guy like crazy and and once again, they're they're on one of the ships, and Reinhardt's commanding. And this guy's trying to say, "Oh, why don't we do this while they're in the battle?" And Reinhardt's like, "Dude, just sit there and shut up. You've never been in battle." 
<laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just it's just hilarious, and um, yeah, it's it's Galactic Heroes. I mean, I guess it's it's within the timeline, but it it's not it's not that it, it's just kind of meh. And yeah. uh, it's not bad, but it's not great. The the fact that, and I guess the the thing that makes it a little bit strange is the fact that they changed everything so much that you thought it would be a better, you know, if you're gonna do something like that, you should overshadow it with like a great story. And the fact that you just kind of did a kind of the same old thing. Oh, Ben and is trying to kill you know Reinhardt again to make uh, Anna Rose sad, you know, because damn him, you know, the 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 Emperor he just doesn't look at me anymore, and and uh, it's just like. The, the way that they changed. I mean, Yang doesn't even look like Yang. At least Reinhardt and Kirikiais look kind of similar to their original. Yang just looks like a completely different guy because he, he shows up a little bit in it because he's involved yeah. in the battle. They, I don't know what they did with the uniforms of the Imperial uh, um, forces. They just... They look they a look weird to, purple mess. Yeah, they're, they're just... looking in the purple or blue or whatever and um the speaking ships of, look weird and yeah everything looks weird and speaking of Reinhardt and Kirky Ice, how about uh how high would you say the the bromance levels are in this OAV oh wow a <laughs> lot of lot of bang twirling in this one <laughs> and uh that whole that whole thing at the end where you know Kirky Ice is is trying to save uh Reinhardt it's like get away from Reinhardt you know and, I'm gonna <laughs> save you it's yeah it's um <laughs> <laughs> Legend, Legend of Galactic Heroes gets a lot of gets a lot of beef for the the very homoerotic overtones that it has. But this one, if if Legend of Galactic Heroes is homoerotic, then Golden Wings is flat out flaming, proud to be rainbow flag having. <laughs> there is because it's it's big time in this one. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff that they're saying to each other as their kids, and it's like, whoa. You'll be mine, and you'll be with me, and it's like, oh my god, really, man? Yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's meh. It's it's meh, but for meh, for Galactic Heroes is not good. So yeah, I would say it's the it's the least of the Galactic Heroes productions. Oh wow, yeah, it's... which is still better than some of the best of other things out there, but Galactic certainly Heroes the least of Galactic only? Heroes. Is yeah. it Galactic Heroes in name only? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just really really weird stuff so uh to wrap things up we only have one thing left to talk about and then we're done with galactic heroes forever oh. and all time savor it till, till two years from now when Solbro says oh this is the greatest show i've ever seen <laughs> yeah two years i think you're being optimistic Woo! <laughs> told you dude <laughs> i just on just on a side note to everybody listening i did check out the first episode of the entire series and i was pretty blown away at, at just how how um congratulations how, how deep the world is hey i i, that, I, that I, was, I plan that, to watch more that was yeah. that was many roundups ago <laughs> many many roundups ago probably like 20 30 eps ago yep <laughs> It's all right. I'll get there. I'll get there. But go ahead. So our our last bit ever of Galactic Heroes to discuss is the 1993 movie Overture to a New War. Mm, So this movie is kind of interesting because, as you recall, um, the kickoff point for Galactic Heroes is actually the first movie, My Conquest is the Sea of Stars, and then the main series followed from that afterwards. But there's a a time gap in between the first movie and the main series. Mm. So... This movie 
it fills that gap. It starts right after the end of the first movie, continues through with all the stuff that happened in between that movie and the series, and then is a remake, actually, of the first two episodes of the series. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. With um, some slight changes. So yeah. benefits are, number one, you get to see the first two episodes, that story, that opening battle, redone in feature film quality animation, all in widescreen, everything's so nice looking and high quality. And two, you have this gap filled in of what happened after the first movie and the beginning of the series. Any uh, comments, Neo? I enjoyed this movie, and I enjoyed it. Like what you said, you get that, um, you know, you get that that fill in with the, the story between the episodes. But I also like um, the part where you have that kind of, I guess it's political intrigue with those admirals, you know, having the beef with him being, you know, getting the Count Lohengram uh, title. Yeah. And once again, trying to plot where they can, they, they want to use this guy because they know he's good, but they want this guy out of the picture because they see him just shooting up. Uh, up the ladder so quickly and you know that's always been the biggest theme with all the guidance and even even galactic heroes to a point is the fact that you know there's all this jealousy towards this guy thinking oh he's getting all this stuff because because of his sister and it's not really the case and um I thought it was uh, I, I thought it was done really well, and and I, I think it, if you're gonna if you're gonna redo the first two episodes of the show, um, I, I think it's uh, you know like you said, doing it in, in movie quality animation was amazing, and um, you know getting to see um, getting to see the backstory too of Yang and that girl Jessica, and the fact that this is where you see her friend or her uh, fiance. Lap. Uh, lap get killed and, oh. and and well that happened in the the main series but yeah. Uh, yeah he had a far more gruesome death in the series where yeah. you see him uh impaled up against a bulkhead yeah uh, by some yeah. giant piece of metal while the whole ship is on fire yeah, yeah. so, so you telling me it's more gruesome than what i saw today uh where it, it was just like i guess he was like being pinned up against the the side of the bulkhead by uh, another piece of metal and he drops the picture and yeah. you know goes well the, the tv fire. The, 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 OA, the series version is more gruesome than the movie version. The yeah. movie version, he's just like on the floor and everything's on fire around him. And it's like, oh, just, it's, oh. it's, more, it's more impactful in this one because during the movie, you see the relationship with these three people and you see that she always wanted to be with Yang, but she settled for this guy because... Because was, Yang was it, indecisive and, and wouldn't take action. I yeah. see. And 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 you and you see it where it is. I don't know. It, it stood out a little bit more in this because I think it's because of the fact that we see them. I mean, we see the guy propose to her and everything because he's like asking you, like, oh, you know, I'm wanting to do this. Do you think she'll? You know, he's like, you know, of course, always. You know, like most men are. They don't know if they're going to say yes or not. And and you know, Yang's like, yeah, go ahead and do it, and blah blah blah. And and then they go out and celebrate. And then you know, Lap gets like completely wasted. And um, <laughs> you know, Yang and Jessica are like dancing the night. Away with each other and it i don't know it just, it just seemed a little bit more powerful than that and i guess that probably probably what they were trying to achieve so but i thought it was i thought it was good i, th- I thought it was um, i mean definitely better than golden wings <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> it doesn't take much to be better than golden wings ouch and galactic <laughs> heroes so but that's about it for me on uh on overture to new war unless you got something else there chris no what, what what's your uh What's your incisive uh, analysis on this, Soul Bro? 
being that I got a sneak preview of that movie in the first episode of the show, um, I, I gotta say that I'm looking forward to seeing um, this 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 movie. Do you think I Dude. should watch this? Um, well, actually, I have, I have a question. Um, watching these prequels, if I if I decided to just sit down and watch the, the these prequel episodes before I actually get into watching the main course of the series, will I ruin any plot points for myself? Are, are there any like big reveals in the TV show that um, would be ruined for me if I watch these prequels? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Though the way the way uh, this series yeah. is structured, it's not like uh, you know since these are all based on novels, this all stuff was planned out. It's not like say um, you know Votomes where all of those prequel OAVs all spoil all these important things before they get explained in the TV show. So uh-huh. you could you could watch it chronologically, but. What I would say is if you watch it in production order um, and you hear them talking about all of these things that happened in the past that they make a big deal out of, like, you know, Yang being the hero of El Fasil, mm-hmm. then when you go back and you watch everything, you sort of have now a context for why everyone yeah. makes a big deal out of these things and it kind of gives it more of an impact. I see. And, and I, I, for the most part, I'll, prob- I'll probably end up watching it in production order for, for, that, for that experience. But yeah. um, I, yeah, I cause, guess because for the most part, mm-hmm. a lot of the things that happen in both Gaidens are referenced in the original show. They talk about it. I mean, yeah, all not, of the big events every... are mentioned at yeah. some point in. So the, this isn't just stuff that they invented out of nowhere. There is a basis for all of these things happening. Yeah. Nice. All right. So do do you find with what little of you've seen so far, do you finally see what we meant? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's a rich it, it's a rich universe and um I like the pace of the show so you know from seeing the first episode and the fact that there is a narrator but it doesn't really try to hold your hand the entire time. You just have to, you know, you know, absorb the information as you're as you're watching this the story unfold. And when you, wa- I'm pretty sure when you watch more and more episodes, the world fills itself in. Oh and God! Yeah. yeah. It, it, to me, to me, it feels like um, I, 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 I don't know if this is a good equation, but it feels like almost um, there's a show that I like called The Wire, and it almost has that same kind of structure where you don't really know much about the characters, but as the episodes go along, you learn more about their nuances and how they fit into the grand scheme of the story and everything comes together at its own pace even though it's a little you know it's 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 deliberate i haven't and, seen uh, the wire so i can't comment on that mm-hmm. comparison but what i will say is that you should go back and watch the first movie because that is the beginning not not the series so okay go yeah. back and watch that and at that point you might as well watch the second movie and then jump on from episode three onwards nice okay i'll take you up on that so uh again i would say as a closing recommendation you know if you've seen the main series, if you've seen The Guide in the first one, by all means, you should watch this one as well as uh, Golden Wings and the second movie because even Golden Wings, it's, it's worth watching at least the once, but everything else is quality stuff that you're going to want to come back to again and again in the future. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's the... Um... I mean, it's the only thing that I can say is, is the same thing as, you know, if, you, if you've seen the original show, this just makes it, you know, just makes the world greater. It makes, it's, it's just a great way of going back. And, you know, um, you can definitely see, even with, um, just like in the regular series with the, uh, with the guidance, both guidance and even the movies, the, the care and, and the structure. And, you know, they're just not making up things out of thin air because it sounded cool. <laughs> and, you know, it's just something that we have a lot of times that happens with um, movies or OBAs that are supposed to be later prequels or after, you know, whatever it might be. So, but um, if you haven't seen Legend of Galactic Heroes, then 
I don't know why you haven't. So you need to get on that because uh, that's uh, if, if you like if you like good stories, it's definitely a great thing to watch. So that's right. Don't don't don't, don't be so bro. Don't be. I was just gonna say that. Damn it. And and <laughs> and, 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 and and don't give uh, don't give uh, a, a weak-willed excuse like you know like like Pedal Bear North would say is there's just too many episodes. BS. It's, it's 110 <laughs> episodes, and then you have another 50-something in this. Believe me, I know you guys are watching stuff that's uh, been going on for years and years and years, and you have no problem with that. So, If you went through all of Dragon Ball Z, or, um, or, or are you currently watching One Piece up to date, you, I'm pretty sure people can handle um, going through 110 episodes of, uh, of Galactic Heroes and, and, and have an enjoyable time with it. I, I, I'm looking forward to delving into this, and, and, and I'm glad you guys are getting the word out about the show. Well, we won't hold our breath about you finishing it anytime well, soon. So, because yeah. the DVR season uh, is, a, is yeah. a cruel taskmaster. You notice, hey, you, you notice, know. you notice how he br- he brought in the reference of the show called The Wired. It's like he's the always, he's got to bring in he's got to bring in some current TV watching. No, the, wire, the wire's been done since oh years. Oh eight. <laughs> I just I, I've taken my time watching that show too, and um, it, when I watched the first episode of Galactic Heroes, I kind of got reminded of the, the the ensemble cast, but also you know all these different story arcs going on at one time, uh, going on at, in, in different areas of, uh, of the universe, and and it just it, in its pacing, it reminds me of that. So if there was any show I would compare it to, it'd be that. And I wonder if there's any listeners out there that have seen both and who can attest to that too. So uh, maybe, maybe they can maybe, comment on the form if they have. Word. Maybe I'm talking up my ass. I don't know. And that'll well, <laughs> only time will. T- well, when I start watching The Wire, then I'll tell you if you are or not. Word. Yeah, Word. I have no clue. <laughs> that wraps up this segment. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. <laughs> We have a problem. We need to set up a perimeter. Who is this? Isn't this the coach of the baseball team? No, you have the wrong number. This is Shirley Douglas's residence. Really? Yes, I should know. She's my mother. Your mother? You still live with your mother? How old are you? I'm hanging up now. Kiefer, who was that? Damn it, Mom, I told you to knock before you come in! In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Hey guys, the Zeons are giving a speech. What? We have lost a hero to our glorious and noble cause. But does this foreshadow our defeat? No, it is a new beginning. 
Compared to Earth Federation, the national resources of Xeon are less than one-thirtieth of theirs. Despite this major difference, how is it that we've been able to fight the Federation for so long? It is because our goal in this war is a righteous one. It's been over 50 years since the elite of Earth, consumed by greed, took control of the Earth Federation. We want our freedom. Never forget the times when the Federation has trampled us. We, the Principality of Xeon, have had a long and arduous struggle to achieve freedom for all citizens of our great nation. Our fight is sacred, our cause divine. This is Garma's funeral. It's nothing more than a propaganda campaign aimed against the Federation. Amaral, you could learn a lot from this. Yes, sir. My beloved brother Garma Zabi was sacrificed. Why? Because he was a spoiled brat. War is at a stalemate. Blame this on the misfortune of your birth. You double-crossed me, Char! Bartender, that one's on me, if you don't mind. Perhaps many of you have become complacent. We must send them Royal a Guard? That obvious? It's the smell. You're one of Cassilia's. We have wasted too much time with words. <laughs> I'm we impressed, Commander. The Earthside elite must be taught a strong lesson for their evil corruption. Hey, no. isn't that that Zeke big shot? Just look at that Zeke. There is no other way for mankind to last forever except by living under the direct control of we, the chosen, superior race of Xeon. He's nuts! Yeah, well, I heard you tell that a big offensive is gonna start any day now. Oh, you gotta be kidding! Who cares? We're going to drive those Xeon off our Earth one way or the other! Got that right. Those Zeke's better watch their asses! If this war drags on, it will pose a serious threat to all of mankind. We must teach those slow-witted people of the Earth Federation a lesson they will always remember. Now is the time for mankind to stand up for the future. Hey! Is this the enemy? Is it? What a bunch of nonsense. This man's trying to turn the Zabi family into a world dictatorship. Many of your fathers and brothers have perished valiantly in the face of a contemptible enemy. We must never forget what the Federation has done to our people. My brother Garmazabi has shown us these virtues through his own valiant sacrifice. By focusing our anger and sorrow, we are finally in a position where victory is within our grasp. And once again, our most cherished nation will flourish. Victory is the greatest tribute we can pay those who sacrificed their lives for us. Rise! Our people, rise! Take your sorrow and turn it into anger. Zeon thirsts for the strength of its people. Hail, Hail Zeon! give a gun damn who you are. This is America, Jack. Now you say one more word about Lisa here, and I'm gonna break my foot off in your royal ass. Welcome back, gang, to Gundam at MAHQ. We round out episode 79, where we spoke, where we returned to our reviews of uh, the Legend of the Galactic, Galactic Heroes, a series we rounded up our uh, reviews of that series with uh, when we talk up when we spoke about the second Gaiden series of of recent make, and we also delved into the two movies Golden Wings and Overture to a New War. And um, hope you guys enjoyed that. And it, it was a it was a long uh, it was a long but uh, very enjoyable run of of me me not talking much, but. <coughs> But it's all right. I was I was riveted the entire time. Yeah, well, you did more than you did the last time. You actually saw an episode, hey. not a, not of what we not of what we were reviewing, but you did see an episode. 
As I sit sweltering sweltering in my AC less house right now. Hey, small (laughs) small steps, man. Sometimes you know it's just like baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. Just take the baby steps. Baby steps. So by the time the world comes to an end, I'll I'll have the series wrapped up. But um, (laughs) before well, you're on you're on a time limit then because it's 2012, right? That's that's the new end of the world cycle that we're going since um, goofball from uh, you know family radio. Give me all your money so I can just spend it. But oh by the way, I, oops, I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. It, again, the world, the world, yeah. He'll <laughs> <laughs> soon be wrong again in October. I can look forward to that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, before we round out the episode, any anything left to add, gentlemen? Always visit our sponsors, Petco and Champs. Yes, indeed. And uh, even even though there's no uh, football, you can you can dream of football by buying a New Jersey, and uh, you know. Or you could dream of football, F U T B O L. Oh yes. <laughs> Which is still in full swing. It's oh, always it's always in full swing. Absolutely. With, with a with a nice heaping uh, serving of FIFA corruption. <laughs> yeah. It, it, w- it wouldn't be international sports with a little corruption, wouldn't it? It's Without. like it's always something. FIFA this time in a, in a couple years it'll be. Uh, F1. The, no, well, it'll be the IOC. Because, Again. Uh, yeah, we'll have the Olympics coming up. And Nice. Well, F1's not as mu- bad anymore because they, um, they have Bricktop running it. Bernie, Bricktop! Bernie Eccleston keeps that, you know, he keeps it well in order there. Woo! But I'll tell you this much. If you want to see something that's really good, see his daughter. Ooh. Yeah. That, that, is, a, that is a Google Images it, moment. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's amazing that such a, something so good looking will come from a guy that looks like just a nasty dude so chris any uh, any any last thoughts at all uh, how could i compare to that well um if anything um check out these websites when you uh, when you have a moment head on over where the magic happens mahq.net that's the mecca and anime headquarters also you can check out gundam's main website at gundam.net that's right it's spelled as it sounds also you can find us on itunes facebook and um, other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. After listening to this episode, you should definitely check out Chaos Theater. And you can find it by going to chaostheater.blogspot.com. A jack-of-all-trades otaku podcast hosted by MAHQ and Gundam's own Chris Guanche and our favorite pedal bear South, Pedro Cortez. And last but not least, Shinjuku Station has a movie podcast. Shinjuku Station at the movies can be found at shinstation.blogspot.com. And if that's all there is, um, that's all, folks. And we'll be back with another episode of uh, Gundam at MAHQ in a few weeks. Looney Tunes? Yeah. <laughs> hey again, everybody. Robert184Gundam.tk. Good to have you here. Last time, I was talking about that there is going to be a new Gundam series airing in the fall. And Bandai's going to be having a presentation on the weekend that you can watch and find out all about that. But, well, thanks to the wonders of the internet, Koro Koro Comics has come out early and scans of that are all over the internet, which means we get our first look at the new Gundam series... Gundam Age. As mentioned, all of this is from Koro Koro Comics, and that's a comic that's aimed at elementary students, maybe junior high at the most, but we're talking Pokemon, Doraemon, stuff like that, so it gives you an idea of where this new series may be aimed at. But the most important thing, the most interesting thing that they talked about is that this series is going to be about three generations of protagonists, and they're going to be facing off against an unidentified enemy, and it's actually going to be made with the full cooperation of Level 5 of video game fame from Fukuoka, and it's going to be written by their company president, Akihiro Hino. 
all of which is a little bit surprising to me. All this information that I'm bringing you is from my favorite Japanese blog, Hayamimi Gunpla Information Channel. And that's online, I'll have the links down below. And they speculate that there's going to be news.、Uh, they'll be talking about this more at the Tokyo Toy Show coming up on June 16th. And hopefully, they'll be showing off some of the gunpla and figures that are related. But remember, on June 13th at 1 30 p.m. in Japanese time, this is going to be officially launched by Bandai and Sunrise. At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint, a proud part of the AAA Podcast Network. Let me ask your wife a couple of questions, okay? You move, you make one sound. I'll snatch the life right out of you, you understand? <laughs>